You're listening to the Delay of Game podcast with your hosts, Matt and Wit. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Delay of Game podcast. It's been a minute, and we know you've missed us. It's your boy, Wit. And it's Matt. What's up, everybody? Guys, I don't know what else to say other than, how about those cowboys? (laughs) I love it. Oh, man. Longing for the number two seed, watching the fucking Eagles just completely go down in flames and shit all over the bed. I think they're about to get the fifth seed. Oh, after I love this it. week, I'm pretty sure it. that they're going to get screwed. Can I was going to say, imagine? is football still even going? I thought the season was <laughs> over. <laughs> I haven't watched a game in like two weeks. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, technically, your season ended like. <laughs> December 1st. Yeah. And you're just waiting for March at this point. Yeah. As far but, as I've been, you know, last several years, I don't think football goes into December or January. <laughs> Certainly not February. Oh, hell no. Football's been <laughs> done for a while. We're looking on the next season already, I thought. I thought this yeah. was a pre draft podcast. My actually, notes are all wrong. Actually, Matt's into pro cricket at this time of the year. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! All jokes aside, though, like this, I can't imagine that the NFL script has been any better than it has been this season. I mean, whoever came up with the idea to have the Eagles start hot and then just shit the bed deserves a raise. Because goddamn, I am here for it. I love it. You know, I can't think of a better place to start than the Battle of the Birds, the Cardinals versus the Eagles which everybody thought was going to be a foregone conclusion that the Eagles were going to curb stomp the Cardinals. That's why I love football. Those are people who haven't watched the Eagles play at all this season and really haven't watched the Cardinals play because they haven't been rolling over that much at all. Very tough out to get typically. And it's crazy to me because I think a lot of people, they look at a team's record and they're like, oh, well, that's obviously a bad team. Not realizing that the 4-12 and Cardinals were without their franchise quarterback for six games. And then when he came back, it took a little time to acclimate. But this team plays other teams really well. They play hard. They play fast. And fuck, now they play physical. Over 200 yards rushing. They've been playing people all hard all season. That's what uh, Gannon brought to them. He's brought in that mentality that I love. You can't just look at records. They're a team that still is devoid of some talent. I think we talked about that a while ago, mm-hmm. but they still play people hard. Every team, if you play hard enough, can be competitive. So much of that yeah. is in the, yeah, just what are you bringing to the table week in and week out? They lack the talent, which is why they have a bad record, mm-hmm. but they're still not like a team you can just walk over. They're not the commanders, people. That's true. And <laughs> If you think back to last season, what did you what was your defining characteristics to the Eagles, right? Their gritty defense. They had a ferocious pass rush. They played a great style of football that allowed their offense to take advantage of short fields and then turnovers. That's what we're seeing from the Cardinals right now. They've got a ferocious defense that allows their team to stay in games. They may not win all of them, but it allows their team to stay in games. And that's what the Eagles are clearly missing this year. We've talked about the Eagles' secondary problems for a while, and we were just waiting for it to kind of, for everyone else to see. 
In these last five weeks, five losses, everyone else is finally talking about the defense is a problem. That back end secondary is a huge problem. Huge problem. They really aren't getting the pass rush that they were hoping. And the thing I, I that brings me the most comfort is that's not going to be able to get fixed with the le- time left in the season. It just it won't. That's going to be an issue they're going to have to deal with throughout the playoffs. And I cannot wait until we talk about matchups because. Whew, that's going to rear his ugly head. I mean, I, I've never been happier to have the Matt Ball curse just tank <laughs> 18. Because I will guarantee they won't have more than three losses. Oh, no. They went way past that. See? I know five oh. doesn't sound like a lot more, but when you're 10 and one, getting to 10 and five is literally unheard of. Dude, I, huh, I wish we could just have it readily available if we could go back four weeks after the uh after the cowboys beat them i felt like they were going to lose to the seahawks it wasn't a foregone conclusion that they would beat the giants or the cardinals and lo and behold they lost to the seahawks they lost to the cardinals and it's really not anything that's super different than what's been going on these are close games they're losing at the end right it's all been close they just Mm -hmm. were winning those kind of by luck sometimes at the beginning of the season. And then that changed. It was the Vikings. They just were able to do it the whole season. The Eagles mm-hmm. had it happen a little bit quicker where some of the yeah. good luck went against them or some of the things just played out slightly differently. They were by far the most one score win team. Like if yes. you reverse all of their stuff, which is kind of what the Vikings were last year, the Eagles would have had a terrible record. If you just changed all the outcomes of their one score games. It's true. The football god, the football gods giveth and then taketh away. Like you're never gonna get the bounces all the time, and that's what happened to that team. Now I don't want to take anything away from the uh, from the Cardinals because they played a really good game. Like when's the last time we talked about James Conner going off? Like that dude went for like a buck thirty or something. Yeah, he ran physical. He had a really good average. He played tough, like you said. They backed that up with Carter, 60 more yards on them. Yes. They had like 200 rushing yards. Yeah, man. And Michael Carter was out there snatching soles and ankles. Like, he put these dudes on spin cycles. Like, I, I was shocked by the, the level of, I guess, fortitude is the best way to put it, that the Cardinals put out in that game. Like, they knew the assignment. Everyone talks about that stout defensive line for the Eagles, they didn't give a shit. Jonathan Gannon was like, I know that team. I know we can move the ball on this team and we're going to keep doing it over and over and over again. And then at the end of the season, at the end of the game, when they needed to play, they needed to win. They put the ball in Kyler Murray's hands. Like, dude, I love it. He had a a good game too. He's finally showing what we want to see, or at least kind of back to that, you know, was the last beginning of last two season, seasons or two or years ago yeah. now when he was super yeah. efficient playing very well he played really efficient again I wouldn't say he put up gaudy numbers but he played good had a real good touchdown the interception ratio I think you brought this up to me outside of the podcast don't do we think that Gannon knew those play calls coming ahead of time for the Eagles offense like he had to they had they to. lacked the creativity. That they did Had under, to. what's his name? Under Shane Steichen. Yeah. And as a DC who saw that all the time, he had to know what was coming. 
Yeah, he played the the read option every day at practice last season, right? So he knew, okay, once we got them in a long-distance situation, it was either going to go to A.J. Brown or it was just going to be a draw. It's going to be a run play with Jalen Hurts. And lo and behold, they did that twice, and then they did a screen pass on third and 20 with Devontae Smith being the lead block. Like, what? Are you serious? That is such a dumb idea. Yeah, their coordinators for the Eagles just aren't up to snuff, like for what they were last year with Gannon. There's a reason it's Gannon, Steinitz, or whatever. Both got head coaching jobs after that. They did a yes. phenomenal job for that Eagles team. And yes, we had concerns that they could be replaced, and they weren't. Everyone else acted mm-hmm. like that wasn't a hard thing to do. There's not 32 great coordinators in the league. There just can't be. They can't all be great because then they're all just average. So if you have a truly elite one and they leave, that's hard to replace. I mean, we're seeing right now with the Colts who, who are still very much in the hunt. Shane Steichen has got them playing very well and competitively under with, with uh, Gardner Minshew under center. Yeah. He's got them playing tough. Which is really what both of these coordinators have established with their team. Mm -hmm. It's just that mentality. We're not giving up. We're going to punch you in the mouth. That's right. There's a mentality and a physicality that those two coordinators have taken from the Eagles and put to their prospective teams. Yeah. So that's huge. I know we talked a lot on the Eagles in their just completely terrible game planning. So much fun. It really is. I, I just I do want to take the chance again to give the flowers to the Cardinals. The Cardinals they put a, put together a game plan, ran it to perfection. Kudos to them, and they delivered the Cowboys a late season gift. I mean, I feel like this is something where if Cowboys fans were good people, which they aren't, they would be donating <laughs> to some Cardinal players' charities, right? Thanking if, them, maybe like the Kyle Murray or somebody. If on the we knew any, maybe, but I don't think there's a way to find out. So, ugh. Charity starts at home, Matt. Let's start there. Okay. <laughs> Let's start there. I'm just saying, if this was a Bills team and they helped them get, like, the number two seed, Bills fans out there would probably be donating like crazy. So, challenging Cowboys fans. Okay. Bills Mafia like to throw their bodies through tables for no reason <laughs> other than the fact that they just want to do it. And then they try to up the ante by setting it on fire. They're, They're in the your body. frozen north. They got to stay warm. They Don't drink have... lots of alcohol to stay warm. And then, as we all know, good things happen afterwards. They don't have alcohol and space heaters? <laughs> You're telling me that they have to light it on fire and jump through it? It's the okay. most efficient way of transferring heat. <laughs> Science. <laughs> Put the fire directly onto your body. That is the best way to stay warm. Yeah, just kind of jump through it quickly. So it doesn't yeah. burn, but it transfers heat. Yeah, oh yeah. There's definitely science and behind then, that theory. If you happen to fall into it, I mean, things happen. Make sure you've got friends who are willing to put you out quickly. There you <laughs> Throw go. Some beer on you. I'm sure that will work well. That's the that's the plan in Buffalo. Got it. <laughs> See, but I'm not saying that Buffalo fans can't be passionate. There's just some questions surrounding the things that they do. That's These all. are the people who invented wings, so I'm going to give them one. Oh damn it! The great equalizer wings they got something right so far so out of their madness something else might come 
Sometimes it's we just true. have to let that crazy play out and see if something beautiful emerges. It's true. All ideas start out as like a crazy thought. Okay? And then sometimes they just pan out. So, all right, fine. I will give you that one. Taco agrees with me. Thank yeah, you, Taco. Taco is like, I love me some wings. <laughs> all right, Matt. What's another game you saw that you thought we should definitely talk, uh, touch okay. on? This one, because it, one, it has huge playoff implications. And it's yet just another ridiculous stat. Somehow, the Steelers beat the Seahawks to ensure they have another winning season under Mike Tomlin. And so that's what, them in 17 that in a hunt, row? Yeah, he's never right? had a losing season, ever. That is wild. And I think it's more telling that they did it with, uh, with Mason Rudolph at the helm. Like Kenny Pickett with a was a healthy scratch, if I remember right. Yeah. Or maybe that's this week. One of the two. But they went in there with Mason Rudolph and they beat a team that is a playoff caliber team. Like very much. That's so. no easy feat. Because they lost, the Seahawks are now on the outside looking in. And because the Steelers won, there's still a chance. So this is a, a game both teams desperately needed. And Tomlin somehow with Mason Rudolph made it happen. If you tell me that the Steelers make the playoffs with Mason Rudolph at the helm, there could not have been a better script for the Steelers <laughs> nation. Like they had Kenny Pickett, who was their guy all offseason. Then they realized that he is awful. Finally. You have to go back to Mitch Trubisky. And then Mason Rudolph, the prodigal son, the guy who was cast to the side two seasons ago after getting mollywopped with a helmet by Garrett <laughs> My, or by Miles Garrett, comes in to save your season. I love it. It's crazy. I freaking love it. It's another team where we saw them just pound the ball all day, play mm-hmm. good defense, which is what I've been talking about for a while. And then they decided a quarterback who could game manage. Mason Rudolph it, didn't have to do a lot. And I think that's the difference. Mason Rudolph doesn't have to do a lot, just like Kenny Pickett. But Kenny Pickett doesn't have to do a lot and is still ineffective. <laughs> it's still not enough. Yeah. Like, I think that is the difference. Like, somehow, he is still ineffective while not having to do a lot. I'll get it. Like, that's just me. I don't know. You and I were both like, I don't, I don't get the pick when it came in. Mm-mm. Showing up. We didn't like it, and I haven't been a big fan of him this whole time. So... Now, now, oh, I was going to say, I did want to say, though, Najee Harris, though, he had a great game, rushed for over 120, and quietly, he is about to have a 1,000-yard season. He's at like 938 or something, or 923. Which is shocking for a running back, because he's his third season, I believe? Fourth, yes. maybe? This, like, he's been there forever and done almost nothing. Yeah, I, that's what I mean. Like, it's, it, it's he had a quiet... 900 yard season Very like quiet. he is on the cusp of being able to hit that century mark so more power to him i mean that's good in a 17 game season though that's like 60 yards a game it feels very Listen, doable nowadays it may be doable but not a lot of teams are <laughs> not a lot of running backs can do it i'm looking no, at you tony the, pollard that's true i mean a lot of teams are run, are passing far more than running nowadays so that does make it harder right the limited touches people get typically but yes. kudos to him. What happened to the to the Seahawks? Like, you have to win this one. They've been so up and down lately. They have been. And I think the issue, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, because I am not an NFC West fanatic. Not saying that you are. Sure. But 
I think the issue here for me has been there that Geno Smith has come back to earth. Last year, he was put, making throws that we'd never seen him make before. I think this year is a little bit more of who he is, not to say that he's bad, but it, I think we kind of got a little bit over our skis watching him last year. No, that's I think fair. it has more to do with that. It's not uncommon to expect a guy his age to do more the average, right? Yeah. Of course, it's hard to really say what is truly average Geno Smith because he hasn't played Fair. a whole lot. Fair. But, no, last season was as best as you're probably ever going to see. And it's not going to be a year in and year out. Exactly. Exactly. And then I think on the other side of the ball, this is a problem that they're unfortunately having to deal with. And it's they've got an aging Bobby Wagner in the linebackers position. They've got a really good backer who accompanies him. I can't remember his name. It starts with an M. But then they've got Jamal Adams. Like that albatross of the compensation, the contract, that is a problem for them. That That is unfortunate. But I think those two things have been a problem for their defense this year because they've got studs on their corners on the outside. Between Witherspoon and oh Woolen, absolute studs. I so. wish Witherspoon had somehow dropped. I would have yeah. had to hope he may just have drafted him if he was there. But he's they been should have awesome. benched him. They but, just would have benched him. Don't worry about him, Matt. They <laughs> probably would have. Or used him incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to soapbox for one second. Yes, please. The fact that people still try to act like Jamal Adams is like a top-tier player or safety or linebacker or whatever is insane to me. Yes. I hear that from time to time. Oh, it's Jamal Adams doing something. Stop. He's a name. That's it. Yeah. You're at, so I will I, I mean, will absolutely follow the sword people, here. But I will follow the sword here. When I heard he was available, I wanted the Cowboys to make a move because we have had an issue with safety for years. Now, I am glad that they didn't make a move because I think I'm starting to realize these hard hitting safeties, they're just linebackers who can run. Nice. And nowadays the rules make it so hard on them. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Like the days of the hard hitting players are gone. Like that was 20, 15, 10 years ago. People used to just destroy receivers down the middle. So you wanted a linebacker basically in the backfield who could just destroy people. Like as an enforcer. Punish them for going deep. Yes. Punish them for laying it out or having somebody come up and tackle on the run place because they ran the ball more than they passed. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's not uncommon to pass 60, 65, 70% of the time. And I can't honestly think of a safety outside of maybe Minka Fitzpatrick who actually impacts the game, not just from hitting, but from creating turnovers, being able to play coverage. I, I'm i sure there's another one. I know Geno Stone's having a really good season. I mean, Derwin James was on that path, but then we all know what happened. Yeah, like I just... I have a hard time saying that safety is a premier position anymore. It's really not what we see, right? Teams have devalued it. Eagles used it effectively last year, but that was kind of a one-off thing. I think that caught a lot of people by surprise. Well, that's true. I will give you that. They had a great front seven that could apply the pressure that allowed your safeties to make plays. So I think that, like you said, is more of a one-off. But the safety definitely has been devalued. And Jamal Adams is not is definitely a liability, and people need to shut up about it. 
Man, these people have offended you to the highest degree the way you said that. They have. I need everyone to know because I can't. I say it on Twitter and no one seems to respond. So I'm saying it here for everyone. Like, shut the <laughs> hell up about Jamal Adams. Don't say also, his name. If Madden could also learn that he's not the best player in the world, that would be great. Because that dude do not, causes a do lot not, of fumbles. Do not fucking get me started on Madden. It, legitimately, every receiver who gets touched drops the ball. Every fucking time. So... I haven't happened this, had this much on like the newest Madden, but the other one a couple of years ago when he was still kind of seen as a premier player, if he did like the truck on you, you were fumbling. Oh, like immediate hundred percent of the time. Did you know R one is to cover up the ball? Like I didn't. I thought I knew that. I confirmed it, okay. and I still <laughs> got still a fumble. fumble. So, I remember you doing that in the Super Bowl against me and losing. Matt, that's just not a, what this podcast is just for. Okay, a fun that's tidbit. Not what this podcast is for it's for week 18 football let's get back sorry weeks yeah week 17 17 going into 18 yeah okay so you're right i think that was a really good game for the steelers hopefully they can make the playoff push i would love to see mike tomlin rally his team into the postseason i think that's a great story i think another great story of a of a coach galvanizing an entire franchise city culture would be the Detroit Lions against the Cowboys. Now, I don't want to get into the the controversy of the ending, but the game itself, sorry, I'm I'm burping. The game itself was just really back and forth. It was a good game. Annoyingly, frustratingly entertaining. When we have two playoff caliber teams, two of the best in the NFC, mm-hmm. you expect this sort of a game. You typically, whenever everyone sees this on paper, you're like, oh, it's going to score a ton. No, they tend to punch each other in the mouth for 60 minutes and it's drag out and then low scoring. And then it's just whoever ekes it out at the end. We saw two teams play well against each other. There are obviously some, you know, teams doing different stuff on each other, uh, wins and everything. But this is what you want to see. Like you want to see this competitive game when it's the two of the best. So I've been able to to chart backwards about why our expectations for these types of games are high scoring shootouts. And I think it goes back to that 27, no, 20, 20, 2019 game between the Chiefs and the Rams, that Monday night game, 51, 54. Like, I think everyone expects, oh, we obviously these two teams have good defenses or offenses. This is the kind of game we're going to watch. And you're right. Like most of the time, it's just a dogfight. It's not yes. a boat race. And this qualifies. This was a dogfight. The Cowboys had to rally late, get the lead. And then the, uh, the Lions had to respond and they were able to score late. They didn't get them the win. We can get into that a little bit later. But I think this was an opportunity to really see two two playoff-bound NFC teams and giving us a taste of what the postseason is going to look like. It's really likely that we see this matchup again. Yeah. In just a couple of weeks, all the playoffs are almost here. It's true. It's true. So uh, I'm not sure how much of the game you saw because it was a Saturday night game, but I'm sure you've seen it plastered all over Twitter. The 92-yard touchdown to C.D. Lamb. As a Cowboys fan, I, I thought that was an incredible play. 
But I have to believe, as a Lions fan, you're just hot. You are hot. Derek, no, it's not Derek, Brian Bar- Brian Barnes. I think he's their nickel linebacker, not nickel linebacker, their nickel corner, who comes in on the corner splits, untouched, and I assume tries to shoulder hit Dak to probably avoid the roughing the passer penalty in some way, and missed. He had his head down, he missed, Dak is able to evade, looks downfield, CD Lamb makes a play. Like, that was a great play, right? But man, as a Lions team, you felt like you had that entire game in control until that happened. Like, it just felt like when that happened, it was a momentum shift for sure. I feel like this whole freaking season has been the CD Lamb coming out party. <laughs> it has. Ugh. He's the worst. Matt, if, if I could just, if I could take you back to 2020, just for a brief moment, when we were in your house, we were watching the draft and it was COVID draft. So it was a little weird for everybody on, at ESPN, but they always found a way to make everybody's sto- backstories seem super sad and oh, how yeah. they overcame murders and shit like that to get to the NFL. And when CeeDee Lamb inexplicably fell to the Cowboys, I wasn't great about it. Like I was like, oh, we don't need another receiver. We've got Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. And well, like we don't need another receiver. I'm glad that I was wrong because CeeDee Lamb has evolved into this, yeah, you know, like almost like a chameleon. He can play any position, like slot, outside. You want to bring him closer to the line? Hell, he's taking uh, screens, handoffs. Like he can do it all, and the Cowboys aren't afraid to do that with him. Like, that's huge. Mike McCarthy taking over our offense, his best thing was just, I am going to feed the ball to C.D. Lamb like crazy. That was his best decision. Spamming him. I love it. Can't figure out how to get Tony Pollard going, but he decided, I'm going to throw the ball 20 damn times to C.D. Lamb in a game. Yeah. He's going to catch a bunch of them. 1,600 yards. His first season with Mike McCarthy. He broke Michael Irvin's record for the most yards and receptions by a Cowboys receiver. Like that's gross. The dude went crazy, and he still has another game to go against. If I'm not mistaken, the 28th ranked defense in the NFL. Hey, he's not gonna do shit because he'll be on the bench <laughs> for like the whole game. <laughs> do not take any prop bets on him. <laughs> that's fair. That is more than fair, Matt. Yeah, if he's on the field, I'd be surprised. Oh, God. Yeah, I, we're going to get into that sure. whole thing later. But I just thought like, that game was, I it's honestly, I was talking game to for both teams. Yeah. They both desperately wanted to win. They both played tough. Dak really had a huge bounce back game. Like He, he had a good game against the, uh, the Dolphins. Don't even try that shit. He had a good game against the Dolphins. They just lost. Okay. I'm just saying like. Compared to some, uh, not necessarily Dolphins game, but it's been a couple where it's like, okay, eh. fair. And then fair. this one, this one made you notice again. He had over Ooh. 300, couple touchdowns. I mean, most of that was just, where is CD Lamb? Let me throw him the ball. It's a pretty easy offense. That's a like, great, land. that is a great offensive scheme right there. The shit works. <laughs> and just for, just for, uh, just real quick, Matt, just so I can soapbox for a second, the Cowboys got CD Lamb. And then in the second round, got Trevon Diggs. Mm. Like in the same draft. Oh, God. I love my front office. Well, does for a team. I love my front office's ability to evaluate talent. I'm sorry. My bad, dude. All right. So before we head off, we haven't really talked a ton about the Lions, but that's fine. 
Uh, do we want to talk about their coaches aggressive decisions throughout the game? Goes for it yeah. on fourth. It's like fake punts. Goes for it multiple times for two at the end. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm, why don't we just go ahead and just roll right in to the next part where we kind of talk about like our observations from the games and the headlines and all that. Well, that's a perfect place to start. Let's do it. Oh, it's time to talk about the week. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's talk about the Lions head coaching decisions. So I'm going to, just from my own point of view, I I thought it was the right call the first time, the second and third time. No, not at all. Because it just doesn't work. Once you get out of that two yard range, that's what gets missed when people are talking about the penalty that, Shouldn't have happened, but how it happened and you have to accept with it and move on, right? You can't mm-hmm. just kind of be thick headed and say, well, I'm going to do this anyway. It didn't exactly. work too bad. Go take the field goal or take the extra point and go yeah, into overtime. Take the extra point. Go into overtime. Hope you get the ball first because you had all the momentum. Then go win the game. Like, like I said before, football gods giveth and taketh away, right? They had the touchdown they could have gone for the field goal they didn't they went for the two point got it sequence of events but the crazy thing is the second try when it got backed up to the seventh Goff threw a pick but uh, Micah Parsons was off sides so they moved it back to the three like take the point like the football gods told you like hey listen it's not your night kick the field goal do you really have three Second down conversion plays, especially one from the seventh, which they obviously didn't because they threw a pick. So did you have that many, like when you don't go for it on fourth down all the time? If you're the Chargers who do it 100% of the time, then maybe, but yeah, I, I thought, I agree. I thought it was too aggressive. I like going to win the game. I love it the first time. Exactly. You also probably caught everyone off guard after that. Everyone's a little bit more calmer. They've already seen this a couple times. I think you lose a lot there. Plus, every time you back up a yard, you're just making it that much harder. It is. That's more grass to cover, right? And not only that, but the first try is always going to be your best play, right? Your best play, and it worked, but didn't work. So now you have to go to your third best play. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I I love Dan Campbell's approach, but this was just wrong. It feels like they let the emotion get to them. The motion of getting yes. that call back when they didn't think that was fair. And I get yes. that. That's why I could never be a head coach. Because I would have gone over there and just punted the ref who screwed that <laughs> up. Like, that dude would be hurt. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Like He had it in his mind that I'm going to show you we're going to win no matter what, even if you try to screw us. Yes. Without thinking analytically, hey, you're at the seven. The chances of you converting a two-point conversion, probably in the 30s, kick the extra point. Yeah. At that point, the odds are against you. At the two-yard line, you have pretty good odds of converting that. Yeah. So, at least 50%. But I like the aggressiveness. Like, try to win games that are important in the matter. They did it on the fourth down punt. Yeah. In their own territory, like at their 20. And that's like, when I love was... to do it. No one's expecting it. Yeah. Like, and they caught had... the Cowboys sleeping. A good play call. You didn't try to do some reverse shit that ran back 10 yards first. Just yep. do a nice, simple forward pass. People can do that. <laughs> like, These people are athletes. They know how to throw a ball. Pretty much all of them can throw a ball. And so if the guy's wide open because everyone's like, oh shit, what's happening? That's not that hard of a play. 
Agreed. Completely agree, Matt. Like, I've, I think Dan Campbell is what I wanted Brandon Staley to be. That I think that's. This I is like the one time where I mean he's obviously an emotional guy and tries to bring that emotion to the Lions of like we're gonna we're going to win we're going to do what we have to do to win we're not gonna let you stop us but then mm-hmm. this is where kind of we saw it go too far yeah and I I will be very curious to see if he take that mentality into the playoffs or if he changes like a more conservative approach right this is the first time they've had a playoff game since twenty. 2014, 2015, I think. And this is the first time they've hosted a playoff game in I don't know how long. It's been a ridiculously long time. I hope it doesn't. I hope they don't get worried about like the scene that's too big. Stay true to who you are as a team, but also mm-hmm. have someone tell you, hey, man, like I love it the first time. You need to notice when you're getting too into it and make smart decisions still. Don't get so emotional that you make bad decisions. There you go. We're going to need to go ahead and get his uh, his get back coach there on the go. sideline next to him. <laughs> like, hey, 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 Dan, get back here. Yeah. Get back. Do not do not do that. Just yeah. Somebody should have been on there just saying, hey, this happened. It's fine. Just kick the field goal and move on. Yeah, that agreed. agreed. That's anyway. my big worry is that they're going to be so hung up on this game that that's going to carry over into the next several weeks. I would be more concerned about it if like when they play the Cowboys, because they're going to be looking to, we got screwed the first time, so we're going to stick it to them. And I think that's where mental mistakes come into play. Yeah. So. I mean, next week they're playing the Vikings. That should just be a pretty easy W for them. Should be. Yeah. Like all things considered, right? You're trying to keep a high seated spot. Vikings are seven and nine. You should be able to beat them. But again, it's in division. Or in conference, like in division game, and you just had this all this stuff happen. It could be a, like it could be a sneaky loss where you're just like you're looking ahead, you're pissed off about this other stuff, you're not practicing as hard as you should. I know I'm looking yeah. ahead to next week a little bit. We should probably talk about some other stuff, but it's just, okay. It's I okay. I should bring it up. So a headline that I wanted to talk about, and it was more of a headline last week, but we weren't available last week. But the Jair Alexander coin toss debacle that got him suspended last week so apparently i could be wrong but i saw a report that said that because of this incident as well as some other stuff that hasn't been reported that the packers are looking at potentially allowing him to to go in free agency they're not going to resign him damn so i think with his injury history do you as a Washington Wizards fan. <laughs> Do you take the chance on him if he is available? I'm just curious. How old is he now? I know he's been one of the I best think, corners for a while. He's 26. When healthy. Ooh. When healthy, though. Like, he gets hurt a lot. That's fair. Hmm. Let's see. I'm trying to see if I can find games played. Yeah, no. yeah, no. Take your time, man. Take your time. And... I don't know if we need to rehash it, but the people who are listening who don't know what happened, he made himself the unofficial fourth captain at the coin toss during the Carolina game. And then he called the toss, which he wasn't supposed to do. When he called the toss, the ref asked him, what do you want to do? He said, defend. As in, he wanted to give them the ball back or give them the ball and then allow them to get the ball again in the second half. So the ref was like, did you mean defer? Defer. And he was like, uh, yeah, that. 
So, like, he screwed up multiple times in that whole thing, right? So that's what got him suspended, in yes. case people didn't know. So people who don't know, if you elect to defend after winning the coin toss, that means you're kicking the ball to them. The other team would then get to make the choice to kick or receive the next half. And they could definitely elect to receive, and then they would get the ball to start both halves. <laughs> could you imagine? As far as I know, that's never happened. That would have been amazing to me. Like, I mean, they ended awesome. up blowing the doors off of the Panthers anyway. Didn't matter. Probably. I think that was the. I think that was the game where the Panthers had like a hundred people in their stadium. <laughs> like it was. I mean, stupid. if you're the Panthers fan, like, are you want to be there and get thrown on by David Tepper? Like, get a drink thrown on you. Listen, Jags fans got da- got David Tepper's drink on them. Fine, but I mean, at this point, it, though, let's be honest, I Matt. Like if there's... you live in Florida. That is not the first time you've had a fluid thrown on you. <laughs> Let's be honest. Fluid. Yeah. Jacksonville, no less. Yeah. That's just another Tuesday to you. I mean, if it's alcohol, then you're like, at least it's disinfecting. Exactly. Not only that, but you know that there's some attorney looking for that guy right now. Like, hey, do you want to file assault charges? Because I'm sure this has had a traumatic effect on your life. <laughs> Done. I just got... I just got box seats to whatever game I want for the rest of my life. Done. It's pretty good. Okay. I mean, if I, if I could have that happen, then I would take that. But there you go. A simple there you go. Sorry. I didn't mean to go off on that whole thing, but That's I'm just fine. curious. I was for Jair Alexander. Why went yeah. all that? So you're correct. That dude has missed 10 games his rookie uh, this year. Two, three years ago, he missed 12 games. And then he missed a couple others. So recently... He hasn't played two seasons worth of games in the last three years. Yeah. That's pretty like, bad. He's still really, really good when healthy. Agreed. And agreed. We definitely could use a really, really good cornerback. So okay. I would say if you could get a contract that protects yourself, not necessarily a cheap contract, mm-hmm. but one with like a easy one year out. That, that way makes you're sense. not screwing yourself in the future. So you'd be basically yeah. telling him, hey, I'll pay you a pretty good deal for this year. But mm-hmm. if you don't stay healthy, where you can get out and, you know, good luck to you. But, hey, you stay healthy, you'll be good. You'll be getting good money for the next couple of years. Okay. I would want to do enough. it up like that and limit the injury guarantee money for sure. Now, would he want to accept something like that? I don't know. But yeah, I would roll the dice if that was – if. That could happen because especially as a commanders fan, we're about to have over like a hundred million dollars in cap. I could spend a little bit of it. I respect that. I respect that quite a bit, Matt. Now, I think this is a great opportunity to kind of segue to another potential locker room issue brewing. Okay, okay, okay. Is this the Eagles? I'm looking, I'm looking at the Eagles. <laughs> like, I there's reports coming out that AJ Brown is an issue and he's dividing the locker room. I know he just came out and he just said we're doing an escape room to create camaraderie and all that i just did an escape room with my kids that does not create camaraderie <laughs> that creates discord and resentment all so, of the underlying issues are coming out in that room 100 in a small room being forced to cooperate that's right for an hour time is ticking down god forbid you're like handcuffed to something and you have to find a key <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't see how that's that's working in their favor, personally. But that's just me. I don't think that's enough, for sure. You can see what's going on on the sideline. The man mm-hmm. does not hide the fact 
that he is unhappy with how he's been used recently. Like he was real good when they were throwing 125 plus yards to him. Yep. Now that things aren't so rosy, you can see that it's definitely taking its toll on his attitude and everything. Exactly. Like between the way he's carrying himself on the sidelines, the way he's interacting between him and Jalen Smith, him and uh, Nick Sirianni. Like I honestly, I just want him to punch Sirianni in the face for my own pleasure. Like I hate Nick Sirianni (laughs) just because he looks like such a douche. I completely agree. That's why he's the embodiment of Philly. For sure. It's true. Super true. And I know I told you uh, off air, but uh, I was listening to another podcaster and they described him perfectly. They called him an Italian douchebag fuckboy. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Love Uh, it. I mean, that's essentially (laughs) also Philly in a nutshell. So it's true. It's true. Like tons of great food, great heritage, but a lot of douchebags, a lot of fuckers. <laughs> yeah. And when I say Philly, I mean the Philly fans. If you are a fan of a Philadelphia team, you are basically it's the true. worst. It's true. And now in the event that you guys ever wanted to get Matt physically, you can find him <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Come at okay. me, bro. You can get him on Twitter, okay? Matt has no problem engaging in just complete dog shit drag walking everybody. So be ready. So just off top or well, off of that topic, there was a couple weeks ago when the refs made a sub uh, controversial call. And it really wasn't a bad call, but I got on Facebook. I was just like, fuck these refs. They always screw up. Somebody's like, wasn't this call right? It's like, yeah, I just love trolling the refs. <laughs> I'm just going to use it any opportunity to I don't care. They're right on this one. That's right. Okay. If there's one thing we've learned about Matt, he is willing to throw a stray at anybody at any time. Be prepared okay? to catch that bullet. It's, it's true. Like, that's why I wear a bulletproof vest all the time. <laughs> all the time. Okay. Because it could come at me for no reason other than the sky's blue. So, and he likes me. He doesn't even know you. So I don't know what he's going to do to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I am unafraid to let them fly. So respect that, brother. Respect that completely. All right. And then I think at this point is a good opportunity for us to kind of like look forward, right? We've got last week of the regular season. Teams are fighting for their playoff lives. We've got a lot of great games coming up. I want to stay in the NFC because okay. that last spot, I think it's the seven seed. We're looking at the uh I'm sorry. No, it's the fifth seed. I'm sorry. Uh, we're looking at the Bears against the Broncos. I'm sorry, the Bears against the Packers. Which, if the Packers win, they get the fifth seed, and then they're in. Or if the Seah- Seahawks lose and the Rams win, Rams get it. Like it's a lot of shit. So I just want to stick to the one game, and that's going to be the Bears Packers game. Sure. Yeah, Who do you the, got? The NFC seems to be a complete mess. Real quick. Is anyone else just completely surprised and shocked that the Bears are seven and nine? Wow. Really? How did that happen? I just looked it up. I've been sleeping on them. I don't I, I don't know. I think you and I are shocked for the same reason. That they're they've won seven games. Yeah. How? I mean, I know they played the commanders once, but that's only one of them. <laughs> that's only one game. So <laughs> this one I mean, with the Bears being seven and nine, like my instinct is to be like, oh, well, the Packers should win this. They're playing the Bears. 
But I brought it up because the Bears actually aren't a bad team. They've been getting better. It is. It's true. I think I saw a stat where uh, Fields, since he's come back, he's been in the top 10 for quarterback play since he's come back from injury. So what I'm hearing is that that number one pick should not be used at quarterback. Just That's right. The little, number two pick should be used at number quarterback, two right? Should, should be where the number one <laughs> quarterback is. Okay. <laughs> Green Bay has been playing pretty well too lately, though. Like, yeah. They're not a top team, but they've been playing pretty well. So I'm going to go with the Packers on this one, but I think it's closer than people think for sure. Okay. I'm also going to go with the Packers for no other reason than I want to play Jordan Love's Packers in Dallas. You just want to get that monkey off your back, right? I do. I want to get rid of that demon. Like, I want to exercise that Green Bay demon in the playoffs. Some catharsisism going on right here. Like, just exactly destroy them in the playoffs so you can finally have like a highlight of a Cowboys making a big play against the Packers. That's like exactly that. Exactly. I would not send to you in that situation. I still (laughs) send with the Rodgers one from all those years ago. You're the worst. Like I, you fully are, are aware that I have PTSD from 2016 <laughs> and 2014 and you do not give a shit at all. No, I just have that again. It's loaded and ready to go at a moment's notice <laughs> for again, any the slightest moment. of reason. Sometimes none at all. <laughs> it's just like 11 o'clock at night. Hey, you pooping wet? Here you go. Boom. GIF. <laughs> Rogers. Rage. Instant rage. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Now I can't sleep because I'm pissed off. Exactly. A lot of that. Okay. Uh, Another game that I wanted to bring up, and that would be the, and this one doesn't have uh, playoff implications, but just because I think it'll be hilarious, the Giants against the Eagles. What do you think? Right. I mean, it doesn't accept unless the commanders pull the upset and then the Eagles win. And there could be some situation where they flip-flop yet again. Just I could have sworn you said that you don't think that there's any more football left for the commanders. Why are you talking about them? I mean, to put it this way, the commander's line is negative 13. That is much too low. It needs <laughs> negative to be 13 like, at home. <laughs> it needs to be like <laughs> negative 20. They are not showing up. This could oh, be, like Half of their team has basically been put on the injured reserve at this point. They I are putting it. in scrubs, basically. To play the Cowboys. So that scenario isn't happening. So you're right. This doesn't have any playoff implications, except it does in that the Eagles' morale, their mentality, if they somehow lose yet again going into the playoffs with six losses, like six in a row, then right? Uh, Or is it at least six? No, it's it's been broken up. They've lost three of their last four. So. They could go into a three-game losing streak for sure. But they went to from ten and one. If they go from ten and one to eleven and six, oh my God. that would be six of their last seven. That is that an ultimate collapse. This is the coldest team going into the playoffs. You want to beat the hot team. So I do it's think that they need the win more for their team than just anything else. They don't need the actual W, right? They just need to be going into the playoffs with a win. Agreed. Agreed. So then you're taking the Eagles. Am I taking the Eagles, though? Ooh, I'm just saying that they need to win. <laughs> We've seen this team be able to lose this game for sure. Oh, yes. And the way the Giants are playing lately, mm-hmm. they've been playing kind of tough, too. Why? Because Daniel Jones is not in the fucking game. Accurate. It's another one where they've gotten better by taking out their highly paid quarterback. <laughs> Accurate. 
<laughs> oh man. Can I? I know. I feel like you're gonna go Giants because you want that to happen. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna go Giants. I don't know what you're gonna actually end up picking. I picked okay. the Raiders the other week because I was like, you know what? It feels like it's a division game where they could pull the upset. I could see it happening. I don't believe in the Eagles at all right now. Giants. Fair. Okay. Uh, I think you're spot on with your analysis. I think that this is a game that they could easily lose. I think that the way that the Giants are playing right now, they just took it down to the wire against the Rams. My only concern is Brian Dayball and their execution play calling. Like They can get there, but something happens at the end where they just they just forget what they're doing. And I think that's going to be the case here. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the Eagles pull it out and win. All right. And then let's see what else do we have anything lined up? I'm sure there's a ton of ones that matter right now. Yeah, no, I, we've got a couple of other ones. Like I got one here in the chamber. If you want me to bring it up. Okay. Let's see. Go for it. Maybe it's the same one. Sure. Buffalo, Miami. Buffalo wins this game. They get the two seed, but if they lose, they're out. Okay. This is a huge game for them. Yeah. Just giant game. Yes. They need, they have to win this game. Dolphins. I don't, I was going to say dolphins have already locked up their position. No, actually I think they haven't. No, let's pull it up. Let's see. Dolphins are left. They are a lock into the playoffs, not for the division. Not for the division. So they could potentially get a better seating. So they're right now at number two. So like you so, said, the Bills could then potentially leapfrog them and go from six to two. And then the mm-hmm. Dolphins, they lose and the Browns win, would fall to like six. That's a pretty big difference. So you know that both starters for both teams are going to be playing. They're playing hard. And it's in, and it's in Miami. It's in Miami. That's big when it comes down to december yep i don't know if i trust the dolphins against winning teams yet i mean they they beat somebody recently finally don't do that matt okay somebody don't don't do that that was a christmas debacle these are just happy accidents okay i don't feel that way (laughs) i don't feel that way i believe it was the cowboys i don't I don't think but so. I still don't like know Christmas if I trust blank. them all that well. And the Bills have been playing better for sure. I'm going to roll with the Dolphins. Dolphins. Whoa. Okay. I'm switch that at the end. The home team is really field. what is doing it for me. They're okay. playing there. I like the the matchup, I was going to say. Even though I think the, Dol- the Bills are getting healthy again. But mm-hmm. this one I could see being a lot of points. Well, the Bills have already beat the Dolphins. So. Yeah. It's hard to win. Both. I think I was going to say the same thing. I think because they already got the win, I think they split the series and the Dolphins win this game. I think there's a good chance that Josh Allen and Josh Allen things happen where he throws picks and that's going to be the downfall. I do think the Dolphins defense has been exposed a little bit lately. Agreed. People are Agreed. Kind of it doesn't help that uh, take advantage. Yeah, it doesn't help Bradley Chubb just tore his uh, ACL. So that definitely doesn't help for sure. But I agree with you. Uh, It's hard to win both games in the series. And while the Buffalo Bills have been playing better, they just barely got by the the Patriots last week. And Josh Allen threw like two or three picks. He can still do Josh Allen things, like you said. He has that potential. It's obviously a huge ceiling. 
but then he also is a gunslinger and likes to throw them picks. That's true. So That's true. So gonna we're both going to go with the Dolphins, right? Yeah, I'll roll with the Dolphins, man. Okay. They're at home. Right. It's going to be nice weather. You're going to see Tyreek Hill. Even though I just saw a picture that he was in a boot, I guess. Was he? There was some, like, he had a uh, fire at his house, and he was outside with a boot on his foot. Oh, shit. But I don't I know. That know could that. just be, like, general, like, players are binged up at this point. And they I'm sure there is, right? work it through the week, right? And then they show up and they put up 200 yards because it's Tyreek Hill. I mean, if it's me and I'm a football player, like, like Monday to Saturday, I'm living in a bubble. Like, man, a hyperbolic machine. I was gonna say. Do not touch me at all. So, I get it. <laughs> you want to take the most rest that you possibly can. If it was us at this point in the season, we would just not be moving. We'd be in the hospital with probably multiple yeah. fractures absolutely and also ligaments like we'd have no ligaments left uh snap all of them shits by week two. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah what did you tear my body i tore my entire body you got to play in the nfl yeah what did it cost you everything <laughs> was it worth it absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> oh, you guys, go ahead and give me that vet minimum <laughs> that's right i take it all day right it's gonna be playoff soon this week has so many playoff implications that's what we hope for every year, isn't it? Like we hope it is. that when it comes down to it, there is still lots of meaningful ball left, and we have that. So, huzzah! You know, after this week, it hits my favorite part of the season. I love Wild Card Weekend. I just, I fucking love it. Anything can happen. It's the greatest when it comes to the NFL season for me. So I'm ready to get through this week, and let's go ahead and look forward to next. It's week. great. I fully predict or expect there's going to be a seventh or a sixth seed that gets through i like almost always happens whoa whoa matt you're giving them just the tip slow down buddy okay <laughs> we're not there I yet say, i didn't say who yet i'm teasing it it's okay whoever well, plays the cowboys stop <laughs> stop <laughs> okay i'm gonna i'm gonna put a hard stop on what you're doing do not pass go do not collect 200 dollars. <laughs> okay I mean, we all know Save where it for next all week. of my extra money is going right now Save it for next week. We got to have them to come back for something. I'm just saying all my expendable cash is going towards betting that the Cowboys are winning the Super Bowl. Oh, it's a good thing you have no expendable cash. That's so that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it was that's a true perfect. statement, but it is. I put $5 down and that maxed me out. <laughs> <laughs> that's all my slush money for the year. <laughs> yeah, January 1st, $5. Damn, well, that's well spent. <laughs> I'll wait till next year. There you go. <laughs> All, right, All right, man. This has been an awesome episode, guys. Thanks for uh, rocking with us. It's fun to be back. Hell yeah, man. I can't wait to do it again next week. I will right, we'll be here. See ya. Bye.